everyone. I'm Renee, and you're listening to Fangirl Happy Hour for Tuesday, June 2nd, 2015. Today, Anna and I have once again challenged each other to dig into our fanny's vaults, selected items, and brought them forth into the light of the present. We'll talk about our selections, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and Through the Eyes by Piers Anthony and Robert Cornwise, and try not to make fun of each other too much, but there are no guarantees. After that, we've finally taken the plunge into the Young Avengers with Young Avengers Volume 1, Sidekicks by Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung. With me, as always, home from digging for fossils, is my fangirl accomplice, Anna. Hey! Hello! How are you? I'm great. So you were definitely digging for fossils somewhere. I was, yes. Uh, I was on holidays last week, and I went to Dorset. Uh, it's, that's it's south of England, and it's a part of the coast that's called Jurassic Coast, literally. And you can go around, and you go to the beach, and you can just scrape at the walls, at the cliffs, and then rocks fall all over you, and then you find fossils. It's literally like that. There's this one beach that we would walk around that was tons and tons and tons and tons of ammonites and you know it's not like proper dinosaurs although a lot of dinosaurs have been found there but the ones that are most um common are the ammonites one they they look like those snails so we spent a couple of hours at one of those beaches and we were just like using rocks against rocks and we felt very primal you know and uh and i found a couple of fossils and i brought them home how cool is that that's really cool i wish you had had a dinosaur egg and it would have hatched (laughs) i know dinosaur that would have been awesome too i would have taken that (laughs) well i guess yeah it would have totally fit in your house what do you (laughs) it would like don't you have like a back garden like just keep it there on a chain baby dinosaurs yes get a dog house for it that's really it was exciting. excellent. Yeah, it was excellent. It was really, it was actually very sunny. And now I came back home and it's miserable. Well, you moved there for the weather. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> How silly of me. Oh, no. Okay, oh, no. well, we have uh, business. Business is going to come to us in three parts. Three parts of business. The first piece of business is our podcast rec form. That's still live and it's going to be available for the next two weeks, because we're going to start talking about it in the next episode. The form link will be in our show notes, as well as our Twitter link. And if somebody wants to, you know, promote our tweet about it for people who don't listen to us, because, I mean, we're a little, like, 90% niche. That's us. That would be great. I would really appreciate that. So we could find a lot of new podcasts to possibly listen to. If you don't like the form, you can tell us on social media, like on Twitter or tumblr or you know what any social media you use tumblr facebook you can just let us know you do you guys you do you the second piece is admittedly i lost my cool a little bit it's summertime in america so all these websites are releasing books you can read by the pool books to take to the beach books to take on your backpacking trip across europe you know and they're really white and they're really male all these lists of books coming out this summer to read so I may have gotten a little carried away and I started a list in response and it started at 10 books and then it grew and it became 15 and I was like, well, it's, it's fine. 20 is good. 20 is good. That's a good. <laughs> and, and ended up at 25 books. So I have this huge list of books coming out this, this it's summer. It's a pretty fucking awesome list. <laughs> I got carried away. I couldn't stop. It's so good. There's it's so, so good. many books coming out. 
Uh, yeah, so I'm going to put that link in the show notes, too. Uh, Book Ride also had a great response. We both had the same idea. Because they were like, why is everything so white? What's happening? <laughs> I just really got to say, I don't understand the editors who are letting these these lists through. These super white, super dude-heavy lists. Like, editors. There are fans on Goodreads that are making these lists for free. All you got to do to go to, <laughs> do is go to Goodreads and like type in... Most anticipated science fiction of 2015, and fans there have done the work for you. All I got to do is like scroll down the names. It's why, really? Like you're getting paid for really bad research. Okay, see, I lost my cool again. I'm just really, it's just really. So those links will be in the show notes. Everybody read something that's not by a white dude this summer. One book, you can do it, and I believe in you. Yeah. Part three is that Anna in her guise as a publisher has released a story called The Application for the Delegation of First Contact, Questionnaire, Part B, by Katherine Kohler. Anna, you pu- you published the story. It's I pretty did, yeah. It's pretty great. It's pretty interesting. It's, isn't it, it? It's really different, isn't it? It's very meta. Yeah, it's it's amazing. We had, the, the moment we got that story submitted, we were both like, yes, we are getting this. It's the shortest one that we have published so far, but it has, it has a lot into it and it's very thought-provoking I feel and it's interesting because it's a questionnaire it's in the format of a questionnaire but I think it's very it raises quite a few questions and at the end of it you are the character of that story it's like a choose your own adventure yes and I yes. love those books those were yeah great. yeah me too so it's really good. And we made it available for free online as usual, but you can also download the story and fill it out because it's a story that it's a questionnaire. So it kind of like you choose how to interact it with it. So you can either read it as a story or you can fill it out as a questionnaire. I kind of want to fill it out, but I'm afraid of it. Oh. It's so difficult. It's so freaking hard. <laughs> yeah. But... I'm really proud. I'm really proud of that story. We worked really hard. The three of us, um, Thea, me and the author, really good she had brilliant ideas the author she's really good everybody can go read it in at the booksmongers.com i'll drop a link into our show notes all right i think that's it for things i wanted to flail around about are we ready to are we ready to dive into oh my god i cannot wait for this renee this is gonna be so awesome (laughs) yeah it's gonna be the it's gonna be the most excellent episode so far here we go it's already started (laughs) right all right onward Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, starring Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, was released in 1989. It's about two incredibly uneducated teenage boys who fight to prepare a historical presentation with the help of a time machine and a long series of felonious kidnappings. Anna, you once again gave me a time travel movie. I'm in, I did. I'm in agony. How does this keep happening? Because, like, be real. Be real with me. You're going to keep giving me time travel stories until I love them, aren't you? That's your plan. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. It's, it's a basic plan. Yeah. So you drug this movie out of the past and put it in front of me going, watch this. You'll love it. And <laughs> Oh, Renee, my most bodacious friend. What did you think of this movie? Okay. Earlier this year... This, this to contextualize where I, like what mood I watched this movie in. I watched this cartoon movie called Sherman and Mr. Peabody about this dog, this genius dog who adopts this baby, and they have a time machine, and they go back to the past and, you know, meet historical figures and bring them into the present. 
Oh. This movie was... It's not good. It's bad. It's terrible. <laughs> and so I'll... This is the same thing, except it's live action. And I was like, okay. I can't believe this is happening to me right now. How am I watching... How are these... How does this... <laughs> is, this is, a, is this a... Is this a genre? Do people go to the past, meet historical figures, and bring them back in their time machine? I don't this is, I, I wish it was a genre. That's amazing. <laughs> well, there are other Bill and Ted movies as well, right? No, yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's a Bill and Ted's Focus Adventure. Yes, thing. Uh, my so friend Allison mentioned that it was better than the first one. Yeah, I actually don't remember the second one. I remember this one. I remembered quite a lot of it, but not how bad it was. So you remembered all the good parts and none of the bad parts. Yes. Yes, I think so, yes. But, well, mind you, I watched this when I was a teenager. In right? 1989, I was 13 years old, and I think I watched it at the movies. So you went to the theater so, to see this. I am so old. You went to a theater yeah. to see this. I, yes, and I think it, 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 it was okay for me back then. You know, it has those terrible graphics from the 80s. No, that was, that was just... like, what are you talking about? That was the greatest part. <laughs> you were joking. It was so bad. Those were excellent graphics. What are you talking about? Those were amazing. <laughs> oh, the clothes as well. Oh, God. So okay. Much. And Keanu Reeves. Oh. He's a and vampire. The... He's secretly a vampire. He's so not the getting other, any older. Well, the other guy is was in The Lost Boys. He was one of the vampires in The Lost Boys. I don't think I saw that either. <gasps> Did I? I'm going to have to check with Zach. Maybe I'll remember. Oh, my God. Okay, so our next oh episode God. Of from the dungeon, that's the that's the <laughs> movie that we are watching. The Lost Boys. I'm going to make a note I right like... here, right now. Listeners, you heard me saying this. Please. <laughs> The Lost Boys. I'm writing it down. The Lost Boys. I feel like we're going to have to institute a point system, where we, but we will start out at, like, zero. And every time there's something that one of us hasn't seen, we have to we get a, a pop culture shame point. Oh, my God. Yes, we should totally do that. All oh, those movies were, like, my bread and butter. I've seen up. Lost Boys. Now I'm going to feel really bad if I've actually seen it and I just don't remember. Oh, my gosh. The Lost Boys. So good. Kiefer Sutherland and... What's his name? Jason Patrick. I was obsessed with Jason. I watched the movie so many times because of the way he said, yeah, right, blood. Oh, my God. Let's not go there. Anyway, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. Bill and We've Ted. gone down yeah. a rabbit hole. Yes. Anna's childhood hormones return. <laughs> Listen, tomorrow I'm watching Willow because we are doing um, Old School Wednesdays Watch Along on Wednesday. Oh, no, I forgot. I voted for that. I forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, so watch it tomorrow night. And well, then we well, can... How? What do you mean, how? You how? don't... Oh, you don't have Netflix? I is it on Netflix? Netflix? I think it is. I'm, I'm counting. Well, is it, on, is it on American Netflix? I think it's the way we should phrase that because, you know, yes. how they are. So anyway, so Willow. And Willow was also a movie that I grew up watching because Valkymer. Right. I think we both watched this movie for entirely different reasons. Did you watch it because of the woman? Yes. Yes. No, I watched it because Valkymer. I have no problem saying that because I was obsessed with Valkymer. Baby bisexual Renee was. Listen, having, I was. I was twelve years old watching that movie, and I was I was obsessed with Valkymer so much since I watched Top Secret, which is another fantastic horrible movie, and then Willow, Mad Martigan of my heart. 
Also, Sorsha, she's amazing. We've opened, we've opened a hell mouth because here we go. Like <laughs> all these movies are just pouring out of you now. I think this is us trying avoiding talking about Bill and Ted. We shouldn't avoid it. Okay, here's my favorite part of these movies: is the the two boys. I was really upset about the girls in this movie, like because uh, I, I completely slashed these dudes together. I was like. <laughs> I was so confused about the girls. I was like, God damn it, 1989, they didn't need objectified lady rewards. They needed to make out. No. What are you doing? I know. It's terrible. And the worst thing is that, you know, the girls were part of the band as well, and yet they were not as worshipped as Bill and Ted. Oh, everything right? about that hurt. You know, they are all babes, you know, historical babes. But yeah, but they were great, the two boys, right? They really were. Like, the friendship was great. Yeah. Bill, my friend. Fred, my friend. <laughs> and, you know, the message as well is really good. Party on, dudes. And be awesome to each other. What I think about this movie is that there's a lot of nostalgia going on here. As I was watching this movie, I was commenting on it on Twitter. And my friend Allison, who was at a convention in Australia called Symposium, um, apparently her and her friend mentioned in the room... That I didn't like Bill and Ted. They mentioned in this room in front of these like, all these fangirls who apparently got really upset. Apparently that like somebody actually tweeted at me and went bogus. <laughs> I was like, oh god, I'm scared. So I have to clarify that I don't dislike the movie. I think it has a really interesting way to look at pop culture media from the past, right? Because on one level, this movie's not really... It's dated. It's very dated. It's got really bad social issue politics. Like, they use the word fag, and it's not really great. Uh, no, it's terrible. That was that was so jarring. I was like... It was really oh. strange, and yeah. the gender policies aren't that great, and... The dad ogling his own wife. There's some really creepy sexual Gross. situations happening oh, in this movie for God, no reason. Yes, yes. I didn't understand that storyline at all. Like, why? No. Like, what's the point of his mom being super attractive and him being attractive? Like, where is that going? Where, that why nowhere. is that there? I don't get it. Anyway. Well, it's, it's a boy's wet dream, right? Oh. No, no way. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Inner shudder. But, yeah. like, on the, but the message, right? Like, the whole be excellent to each other thing. The message of the yeah. movie, like, friendship and supporting each other. That's what people... That, that's what I got from pop culture. Like, that's what I thought this movie was. The, everything else, like the, ta- like the time travel and the, his- the, the, the historical kidnappings, I guess. <laughs> uh, the history project, the really abusive dad, all that stuff was not in the air of nostalgia about this movie for me. What I got well, out of it was the, you know, was that friendship. That's the core that's come forward from the movie into the future the nostalgia yes. brings that forward and leaves all the other stuff behind and i think that's really interesting to look at it that way like how nostalgia co- colors things that we loved in the past even though those things are really problematic now we we pull what we we pull the threads from the things that we liked and we bring them forward and we leave all the other shit in the past that's, where it belongs that's probably what happened with me uh, because, you know, I've, I've watched this movie. You know that the book Smugglers, over in our end-of-the-year posts, we do our top 10 books of the year. We always use a Bill and Ted image, and we always... The post is called Anitea's Most Excellent Books of 2015, and we always end with Be Awesome to Each Other. 
So kind of like Bill and Ted speak for us. But like you said, the nostalgia that we have for it made us forget all of those other things that I had no idea. I had no recollection whatsoever that they were there in that movie until I watched it last week. And I was like, oh, oh my God, what is this? Another thing that was in this movie was George Carlin, which surprised me. Did not expect to see him here. Who? George Carlin. He was the guy from the future that gave him gave Bill and Ted the phone booth. Rufus. Yeah. Rufus, my dude. Yeah, Who that's that George guy? Carlin. So, okay. I, so when I was this? a kid, the first three comics that I followed were Roseanne Barr, Robin Williams, and George Carlin. Probably I followed... George Carlin way too early because my mom was into him. So his books and his t- like his ep- like his TV shows that like the little events he did that got recorded at concert halls and stuff like those were those would come on TV and she would record them, and so I would have access. So I had access to like a bunch of his comedy, and he was not a comic for kids. It was not a thing that should have. I, no, I grew up on George Carlin's comedy and and it was just really nice because. I miss him a lot. Like, I think of all the things, like, all the social issues and stuff that I know about and that all the things about politics and government and interpersonal relationships that I actually learned from him through his comedy that I wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise. So it was just really nice to see him here being super cool, like a super cool, super cool guitarist from the future. I had, like, it was like a little tap of my own, like, tap of unrelated nostalgia if we're going to go talk about nostalgia with this movie, that was really nice to see him. But he was well, so I, young. I had no idea. I, I, I don't know who he is. You don't know his comedy. Me. Oh, God. No. Anna, you need to go and, like, find some of his comedy. You can probably find it on YouTube. He has books, too, that are good. I really like him the best as, like, a live comedian. His live shows. Oh, I'm just totally going to look it up. Or so amazing. I mean, he's not. I mean, he's a white dude. Privileged white dude. And yep. so now, probably, if I went back, I would probably find a lot of unsavory things <laughs> that I wasn't aware of in this comedy now. But just thinking back to teenage me should not have been watching probably some of this stuff that early, because some of it likely went over my head. But no, it was really nice to to see him here. I always, I always liked that he was in movies being super deadpan and great. That's cool. I had no idea. Unexpected bonus. Yeah. So, okay, so what else did you like about it? What did you think about the the way that they dealt with the concept of history, you know, going back into the past just to get the important figures from the past and bring them back to the future? And It's really interesting what important figures the movie thought were important, right? right? Yeah, that's just one woman. At least she was presented as a general. But, of course, then they went back and brought... Genghis Khan. Oh right? yes, and I was just like, as a, as a savage. Oh my god, that was so terrible. I was like, no, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that was horrible. I was like, I... that was embarrassing. This is my problem, right? When I was watching, every time they hit a historical figure, I was like, I'm, I gotta turn this off. I gotta pause. I gotta walk away for five minutes and recover. <laughs> it was really hard. It was because this was really hitting my embarrassment quick. And it, it's a really good example. Okay, right. I have a history minor. I have a history minor. I could have had a history degree if I had decided to suffer another two <laughs> semesters to get an actual BA in history. So movies like this kind of irk me because they boil everything down to like the lowest common denominator, and then they fuck it up, and it's wrong. <laughs> I can understand why so much 
of our concept of history is m- messed up because these these all these issues, all these people who they brought forward are really really complicated. They're but they're de- decontextualized in this movie. Yes, like exactly. in all time travel movies where they yep. deal with this, like the, that cartoon that I saw, the dog and boy one. That I'm gonna have nightmares about for the rest of my life, probably. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's aimed at kids, and it's so divorced from reality yeah, that it's, it's it lacks context. It lacks the, everything that made those characters be themselves, right? I mean, those you people. can drag you can drag, you could drag Socrates contextless contextless into our future, but without where he came from and who followed him and what he built on. Do you really understand? his work like nope. you know what i mean no like not really no, of course not no you yeah. have to you like you really need the context so that's probably how like i don't think any hollywood movie at this point is gonna handle history well like the, my most my favorite like historical movie is prince of egypt the cartoon what like historical in quotes because i know it's like a religious movie you got you sound really shocked like you got real quiet <laughs> I need to watch that again because that's not my memory of it. This is why I put history in quotes, Anna. Yeah. No, yes, no. I just, every time I think about that movie, I think Bible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because a lot of the people involved, like a lot of people that are religious, like they all, like they see that movie and they see like a really good representation of the context that they were in, yeah. right? That's what I mean by like context. Okay, right. So it's like this is it's religious history that they've made into a film. I realize now that I'm talking about religion, and I'm going to get myself fired. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but that's what I mean by full context historical films. Okay. Wow, we went on tangent. On we went on tangent a little bit, a well, little yeah. bit didn't we? Well, Total. I get a little upset about history. Wow. Since we are talking about history and also the Bible, so I'm just going to bring up the best best line of the entire movie. Who is Joan of Arc? Is Noah's wife. <laughs> I left five minutes straight. <laughs> Who is Joan of Arc? Is Noah's wife. <laughs> so that sort of comedy really speaks deeply to me. So we went from thoughtful to ridiculous within two seconds, people. <laughs> this whole segment's gonna allow me I'm gonna get so much hate mail. I'm sorry, guys, that I called religious history accu- accurate history. I'm sorry. <laughs> Extemporaneous speaking is hard. You give it a shot. See how you do. <laughs> so I think on the whole... I liked parts of this movie. Other parts of this movie, I could jettison into the sun. Yes, I, I would agree with that. But do you know what else I thought about watching it? It would be great to have a remake of that movie, but with girls going to the past to find only women of history. Only if they had a a, a, histo- a historian as like on set. Only then. <laughs> only then would I accept this. <laughs> I would love to it would see be, that. It would have to be Avatar, the last airbender le- levels of, you know, cultural sensitivity <laughs> for me to get on, get on board. Yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, deal, but only in, only with these caveats. How about that? Okay. That's, That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I agree with them. 
just you know, party on, dudes, and be awesome to each other. Have you rewatched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures lately? How hard are you judging me right now for my feelings about this movie? Like on a scale from like defriended to currently unsubscribing from your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you have thoughts about the film or nostalgia goggles in general, let us know. Moving on in our journey of secondhand embarrassment, Through the Ice is a 1989 book by Pierce Anthony and Robert Cornwise about an overly talented talented teenager who falls through the ice in winter and wakes up in a strange land, chosen as a hero to save the Empire. The theme of this podcast is apparently agonizing media from 1989, because this book is amazingly comically bad, and I'm so thrilled I made us read it. Anna, what did you think? Oh my gosh, first of all, I did not realize that it was from 1989 as well. Yes. That was not a coordinated effort. No, it was a total accident. Wow. Yes. Wow. We're great. I'm just, uh, we are so great. Yes. What did I think about this book? I thought it was terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. It is so bad. It's so terrible. God, and then, even... like a jerk, these people include an author's note at the end of the book that made me feel bad about how bad i thought this book was i did not feel bad i still don't feel bad i feel terrible renee i feel like a jerk for all the times i made fun of this okay all right so so do we start telling what there, this book yeah is? there's some context yeah. here all right so this kid robert cornrose started the book and he was a kid he was like a teenager he was 15 years old he was 15 yeah. years old and he started this book he didn't finish it he died in a car crash and his friends sent the unfinished manuscript to pierce anthony who then finished it and published it as a collaboration. It's really kind of sad. This poor kid died in a car crash, and his book was written by a kid. He was 15 years old. You can tell that this book is written by a kid. You can tell, right? Yes, it's very... I mean, you can also tell when Piers Anthony takes over as well. And he tells you what parts he wrote and what parts the kid wrote. And sometimes I'm just like, Piers Anthony, I hate to say it, but sometimes this kid (laughs) was a little bit more creative than you are. I think the book as a whole was terrible. I'm sorry. I think it was all of it was bad. I mean, it was all, yes, it was all bad. It was all just really shitty writing, shitty characterization. Shitty writing. The amount of exclamation marks in this book is beyond the pale. I could not, I, and it's all, you know, internal monologue of this, of this guy going around in exclamation marks, talking to himself like this. All the time, and I'm like, "What is happening?" That's, that's a really accurate representation of this novel. That's really good. This is, good job. This is, how I, this is how I read it. You know, this is how I read this book. And you know, I started reading, and I was just laughing. I was laughing so hard. I was inside the cafe having breakfast, and I started reading, and I was just laughing so loud. People were looking at me, but I wasn't <laughs> laughing because the book is funny. See, unintentionally funny because it is so bad. Oh, please, I'm gonna. No, yeah, please, please read us some yeah, select excerpts from some, this novel. Some, yes, I know, I know. It's just like things like you know, this guy. He's a martial uh, arts um, ninja. This 17-year-old boy who is the main character of the novel, Seth is his name. And, you know, he, he knows how to fight. But every time he gets into a fight, he goes inside his head. He goes on and on and on about how the things that he could do to these people's bodies. Because he could just destroy everybody. But he can't because he's too good. And, you know, 
You could be a champ, but you think too much. It's all too accurate. Those are actually quotes from the book. It was just like, was this this instructor so told him the, these words. Uh, the best part, though, I'm just going to, uh, it's just, you know, he, he falls through the ice and he wakes up at another Earth. It's di four different, it's, um, it's a parallel universe kind of thing. And there are four different planes of Earth. So he falls into this different Earth, Earth and then he wakes up and he needs to find food, right? So I'm going to read a part of this book for you right now. He picked a fruit about the size of an apple. Its color, however, was white. It seemed to be ripe and it smelled like a peach. But being experienced in outdoor living, Seth did not take a large bite. Mushrooms weren't the only things that could be deceptive! <laughs> Mushrooms weren't the only things that could be deceptive. It's just so amazing. <laughs> it is so good. Things like this all the time, you know. It's full of exclamation marks. Let me find another passage that you can have lots and lots, lots in this. Let me see. Where is it? My favorite one. I have, seriously, I have so many earmarks on this book. <laughs> and, it's, and, and, you know, beyond. Oh, this one. Look at this. Okay. He knelt down at the edge of the lake and dunked his head in the chill morning water. Oh, what a sensation. If he hadn't been sure whether he was awake before, there was no doubt now. <laughs> My other favorite part is like every time like, his feelings get hurt or something in the, in the story, his inner narrative is like, ouch. He's <laughs> <laughs> But it was a 15-year-old guy who wrote it. But not really, because, you know, it was edited by actual people at Brian Fantasy. Edited. Someone edited this. And Piers Anthony, you know, presumably went through this book. <laughs> Just kept it as it is. <laughs> so, so this was the, my first portal fantasy. Everybody else got to, like, do fucking... Line Witch in the Wardrobe crap as our first portal fantasy. Not me. No, it was this. This nightmare book where when I read it, I realized that I probably liked it because this was the type of writing I was doing at the time. I was really young. So this, I was like, this this sounds like my type of writing. So of course I liked it. <laughs> so of course I liked it. I fucking love this book so much. I reread it. So I can't even count the times I've reread this book, right? It was a lot. And okay. I'm not ashamed about it. I'm not. I refuse to be ashamed about it. I didn't have access to a lot of books. So I had to just take what I got. So why why did you like it so much? Was it the fantasy? It was the team. The team. Like, this book was like... Okay. Number one, it had this really cool, competent woman in it. Even though yep. she was... Oh, damn. This book was not good to its women. It's like, you were either... No, like, you no. were either, like... Uh, sex nymph, or, like yeah. obsessed with sex, or you were a woman-shaped monster that ate men. Yeah, <laughs> like that was, and, that was and there was also there was omniscient breasts as well. Oh God, you know, yeah, that there, happened. I, I'm gonna read another part for you. The oh, girl God. approached timidly, her face and bosom poised for a scream at the first sign of trouble. 
I mean, no. I do. I mean, my boobs often just stand <laughs> up and go, shit, run away. <laughs> do yours not do that? I'm really confused. Like, is there something wrong with me? Do I have a medical condition? No, mine are silent boobs. Oh, wow. That's really sad for you. I'm really, jeez, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I can never talk to my boobs properly because they don't talk back to me. It's just <sighs> terrible. That's I feel really... very disconnected from my body. Maybe it's because I'm, I, I'm not a woman. A real woman. I'm not. I don't have this connection to my breast. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> this, so this another, is terrible. No, let's move on. Another this. thing about this book was that it introduced me to polyamory. Where I saw your not Goodreads. Where not where? explicitly, but the end of the story where and I'm about to spoil this book, but it was published in 1989. So if you haven't read it yet, I'm sorry. Um, where they're all happy and they live in the forest together and they all have kids. They're all coming together to hang out. I'm like, this is like, it's like a group family thing. And th- this is where it started. I'm like, I really like that. Ad- I really like that idea, like group family. So you have to understand, I came from a fa- like my parents were divorced. I was an only child. So this whole idea of group family really like appealed okay. to me and I-, I kept it in my head. And then when I got the internet and I was like, I was researching stuff like this, right? Bisexuality, polyamory, not with those words, but like the phrases, like, what is it like if you like girls and boys was a, was a phrase I have typed into searches before. <laughs> it's really, it's really sad. Oh. What is it if you like having a big family with like, you know, lots of, lots of kids and adults. And so through my very, very basic searches in the early internet after rereading this book for like the 15 zillion time, I finally discovered what polyamory meant. And I was like, oh, that's nice. That's where I got it from. It, okay. it just sort of gave me like the push. Okay. To, it wasn't actually there. This 15 year old kid and Piers Anthony did not write a book about polyamory. No, that's no, not what I'm saying. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Don't get excited, guys, and go read this no. book because you will be so no, disappointed no, 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 no. and you will yell at me. Yes, no, they definitely did, they did not. They wrote a book about women who were very pretty but not very smart, and that's a direct quote as well. <laughs> it's so true. It's so bad. So there was another part of this book that really made me mad. Like the whole fucking plot hinged on this moment where, where this the story about a deer, a dead deer that made Seth like super aware of the state of the world and how he should react and. Whatever, dude. If this if this was Pierce Anthony giving me a lecture had... about hunting, you know what, dude? If you ever lend around some fucking deer, because if you don't kill those suckers, they will come out and they will kill you first. <laughs> oh my god. There's a reason we have a hunting season, and it's because those deer were fucking murderers. <laughs> I don't want to hear you yell about hunting. Like, there's no reason. It's just for sport. You know what? I had enough deer jerky as a kid to know it's not just for sport. So you can eat me, Pierce Anthony. <laughs> I was so mad about it. Like, every time it came up, I was like, you don't even know a fucking thing about what you're talking about with deer hunting. I lived in the rural south. I know about deer hunting. You're full of shit. I'm so... Okay, <laughs> so that's a turn in the conversation that I do not see coming. <laughs> I got so upset, Anna. I was like, I hate it when people... It was like I was just driving a deer up here in front of my car. <laughs> I was... I hate when people... I mean, I get people not liking guns. We have a huge problem in America with guns. Yes. Hunting, the kind of hunting that I'm aware of, came with training, came with licensing, came with 
eating the things you killed. Like, that's where I, gr- I grew up in that. Like, we weren't violent people. You can be violent with guns. That's definitely a problem. And they need to be, you know, maintained. But this whole anti-violence thing where you shouldn't ever kill an animal for any reason. Pierce Anthony, you're fired. You're fired. Get out. <laughs> Get out of here. But that's it. not but that's not only because of the animal, that's because he's Jewish. Remember? I know the reason the reason why Seth is so superior to everybody, it's his Jewishness. Oh I can't even I can't even Anna. I can't I do s- it. I saw I thought I was like, Wow, this is I never seen anything like this. Yeah, and like so the, the really the reason- all, like the really on the nose like anti Semitism in the book, like that's I'm like, really, Piers Anthony? This is... Okay. It's, it's very heavy-handed. Uh, I mean, heavy-handed might be an understatement. In fact, it could, it's more like a mountain of bricks that he just drops on you in yes. the narrative out of nowhere. This flashback. Like, out of fucking nowhere. Oh Racial God. and religious violence. Oh, yes. It's true. And, uh, you know... But, you know, what else could you expect from a book that has a villain that is literally called nefarious <laughs> i can't believe you don't what about the other uh, the good wizard that was named right was named what? right right his name was like his name was like right with w-o-s on it like right and then was <laughs> that was the good wizard oh my god this is whose idea was this this was my idea and i'm so glad we did it it's so great <laughs> your reaction is perfect because this is the reaction i had when i read it like <sighs> 10 years ago uh, for the last time. So I was like, really? Young me? Really? Baby Renee? Wow. All right. I had good fun. I would never read this book again. It's probably going to the donation box right now. And I would never read another Piers Anthony book. This, oh, wow. This but, turned you off Piers Anthony for good? This is amazing. Yes. No, do you know what, what else I liked the most? Is the publisher's weekly quote, quote at, at the front of the oh, book. Oh, no. Yes. Skillful and seamless, surprising yet logical. <laughs> Publishers Weekly, we gotta talk. This is no good. What were like? What were the like? What were the nineties like for science fiction oh my and God, fantasy? No, if this was getting good reviews, I'm so scared. The, the writing is skillful and seamless. No, it's like it's not. no, 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 no. It's terrible. Somebody, so, I hope that reviewer got fired. <laughs> what, what? Are you kidding? Oh, this is terrible. It's really bad. It's really bad, guys. Like, you knew it had to be coming. Eventually, I was going to have you read something that was so terrible. I was just going to send you over the edge. And I succeeded, I think. No, I think I think it's lucky that it made me laugh so much instead of just make me angry. I was angry at the book, especially when it came to the women. But, you know, mostly just made me laugh because it was so bad. So it kind of like I read it in two sittings. Small book. Terrible. Small. Terrible. It's like, it was like it is Intellectually deadly. Yes. (laughs) Poor Robert Norm. Robert. Cornwise. Yeah, Cornwise. Robert Cornwise. That poor kid. He didn't know. Like maybe, maybe he didn't want this to be seen. We'll never know. Yes, you know, yes, maybe, I don't know, we never know. Anyway, I don't, don't want to say anything about him anymore because obviously... <laughs> it makes you really sad to find out. Like, yes, like you read the actually, book and you're like, is, this is bad. And then you read the author's note. Great, you just, you, you're just, you're like, 
insulting spent, a, small, a small child. Yes, I just spent, yes, yes, basically, yes. My favorite parts were the fact when I read this the first time, I had not really done fantasy. So the fact that he steals from Lord of the Rings and Dune in like the first five chapters is great. Because I finally like, like, wow, that's definitely, whoa, okay, you're still doing it. Wow. <laughs> Good work, kid. You can like tell. It's so... He was testing his skills, right? It's just he a was young just, he was just doing, right. yeah. He was telling a fantasy story with his with his favorite tropes, and that's yeah, that's definitely how you sort of that's how I started writing fan fiction. Yeah, absolutely. Where so. I would sort of just copy what my favorite authors were doing, and then I finally got tired of what my favorite authors were doing because I didn't think they were doing a good enough job, and I just started writing in the universes myself. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, but most people don't get those published. Well, no, because you don't publish fan fiction. No, and because you don't publish... Well, I was going to say you don't publish oh. bad books, but obviously you do. Oh, so. you do. Oh, yeah. you clearly do. Yeah, no, of course. Well, oh, silly okay. me. <laughs> it's like I don't know any better. <laughs> Just FYI, now next time you guys open open your submissions, you're going to get a great story featuring deceptive mushrooms and a sentry. <laughs> deceptive mushrooms are... The best is the best line in the history of ever. The yeah, I don't know ever. why they just didn't quote that at the front of the book. That would it's it's like like Bill and Ted would say it's the most excellent line. <laughs> Do you like how I connected our two segments? There? I really that was really smooth. I'm Beautiful. really proud. That was really smooth. That was was that skillful and seamless? Yes, I think it Publishers was. Weekly would give you an A plus. Yes, excellent. So, did you have the fortune to read through the ice, or did you escape? Or maybe you have other dark Pierce Anthony memories to share with us. Anyway, goodbye, terrible portal fantasy. I'll remember you fondly. So now we depart 1989, hopefully for a long while, and come farther to the future to talk about Young Avengers. Young Avengers Volume 1 Sidekicks by writer Alan Heinberg and artist Jim Chung features a mysterious new group of superheroes. They're modeled after Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and the Hulk as they insert themselves into the city's drama as the Young Avengers, picking up additional teenage heroes as they go. Anna, I am pretty sure you know my reaction to this comic already because I've already flipped out about it at you, and I'm now kicking myself for not reading this sooner. I know. Same with me. Everybody was telling me that to read this, and I was like, eh, nah, maybe not. But it's delicious. It's delightful. It's, it's perfect. Amazing. I loved it. it. Has, I loved every and, bit of it. Renee, it also has time travel. I know. What is going on? Yes! I just sort of ignored that part. I was like, ah, okay. Well, we can hand wave that. It's fine. So I only I first heard about Young Avengers when that was the whole thing with the gay kiss. Do you remember that? Were you online for that? I might have heard about it. But I probably blo- I've just probably forgotten it because my first min- like my first like introduction to Young Avengers was from Tansy from Galactic Suburbia. Yeah, no, mine was the Gay Kiss, and that, and that was the first time that it, it just you know came to my attention, and I just put that aside. Like, One day I'll read it, and then I think a couple of episodes ago you mentioned as one of your recommendations uh, memories post about Young Avengers and the the timeline and which books to read and which books to not read or whatever. So I went there, I read the whole post, like I actually want to read all of this now. I thought we should give it a go. And I'm so happy we did. Yes, it was lovely. Yes, it, it is the one 
good note in this entire episode. <laughs> the thing we liked, the one thing we liked. Young Avengers, yeah. check it out, because we liked yes. it. Yes, <laughs> basically. So why did we like it? So I liked it because, you know, time travel. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. Well, I liked I thought- it because the first, like, the first issue of the trade that we read i was reading along reading along and then jessica jones walks outside and suddenly here's iron man and captain america and they're like in the air floating and iron man is carrying captain america i'm like what is happening with this i didn't know this was here why didn't nobody tell me i can't believe yeah. that this is how you sell me on this comic dear renee you should read this because in the first issue uh to- you know tony and steve are they're bros I'm like, what? No, they're not only bros, they are like grumpy old men. It's perfect. I love it's it. Like, they are grumpy old men that don't want to take care of these kids. And the kids are adorable. And then we yeah. were talking we were talking about YA comics, right? And this is a proper YA comic as well. It really is. Yeah, the adults yes. are just like sufficiently, you know, grumpy to yes. make it really great. And yeah. also there was there was Kate. There was Kate. I finally get to meet Kate Bishop, and she was everything I was promised. So, did you know about her before? I did because Memory has been talking about Kate for a long time. I, if I didn't like, you can't follow Memory and not know how great Kate Bishop is. So I was a little worried that it was getting like overhyped, which is another reason I'm glad I read this because I felt like if I had gone a few more months here and Kate is awesome, Kate is awesome, I might have read it and gone. Oh, well, it was hyped too much, but uh, it was not. It was perfect here. I wanted more of her, so I'm super glad that there's more to read because Kate is great. I know, right? I want to read all of it. And I also, I actually, so she's she's the new Hawkeye, right? From what I understand. Yeah, I think. And she is in Hawkeye. Is she? I don't know. I haven't yes. read that yet. She, I got that because I, I think I bought that because of memory as well. Wow, memory's all over this. She's like, she's gonna yeah. incept us into all and, the Marvel and comics. I, and my friend Karen as well, she says, we were just browsing and she opened Hawkeye. She said, oh, there's Kate here. And now I know what Kate she was talking about. So maybe we just need to read all the Young Avengers and then go read Hawkeye too. Yes. So next episode, this is what's happening, dudes. <laughs> gonna, gonna go. This has just become a Marvel podcast. Everybody yes, who basically. doesn't care about Marvel can just you know depart for a while as we. No, 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 we can't. No, 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 that's no, just no, too can. much. We, we might will, get we will get no, burned yes. out. We will spread them out. Yes. Yeah. So we can. So, so everybody can enjoy it for years to come. Because <laughs> there's so much of it. <laughs> so true so yeah so it was delightful it was funny and i loved um captain america and iron man going out going out being all like you kids you cannot go out at night and you have to ask your parents <laughs> permissions and the kids are like ah whatever dude i, I loved you, i have no fucks left to give so. i loved cassie and i loved kate and i really liked eli too that's the patriots, Patriot. right yeah, yeah. He was great. I just really yeah. liked all of them together, and it was really super cute. It was, it was super cute team pick, and that's my weakness. Super cute team <laughs> pick. No, it was adorable, and, and and there was this whole in your face thing about sexism as well, right? Because the four, to begin with, it was just the four boys, and they were like proper boys club, and they didn't want the girls to be a part of it. And the girls just like were so fucking awesome. They came just like you know what? Listen, boys, don't be sexy jerks and we are a part of this team now bye okay <laughs> i also really liked um iron iron lad which uh, who came up with that name jesus christ <laughs> I, I, think, I think mentioning his actual name is probably a spoiler 
and I don't think we want to spoil this specific, specifically because it's so short. But I really liked that whole storyline. It was just really heartbreaking. and It was, yeah. I had no idea who that was. Me neither. I didn't know either. But, I mean, I think, I mean, I have some idea because I read, I read fanfic and they sometimes have okay this character there. But I just really liked the friendship and the fact that... He, the whole thing that happens. He had friends. It wasn't yeah. about friendship. It's a, it's a comic about friendship. It's super great. Which is interesting because a lot of the comics that we read here on this podcast, they are mostly, most of them are about friendships. Lumberjanes, uh, Rat Queens, mm-hmm. right? We really like friendship. We do. Especially between ladies. Which yes. Which is sad. Well, another thing that I really liked was the way that they present themselves to start with as you know young avengers even though they didn't come up with the name themselves but there is this whole thing there's the whole mystery of who they are and what the powers really are and it's not really as it looks like to start with so there is this element of um, them being young avengers but not really right so that was really interesting as well it's like a mystery Yes, yes, it is a mystery. And I think it continues even because we don't really know why they were chosen to start with. This is like the team's origin story. And I think there's yeah. a lot of stuff going on here that I didn't catch. Like, I don't understand why the mansion was destroyed. I don't understand No, why. that was so heartbreaking as well. All okay. of it was just so fucking... What happened to the fucking Avengers? Yeah, man? I don't... Like, there's something here I'm just not... I've missed... I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm sure people who actually read comics are like, <laughs> suckers. <laughs> yeah. Right now we're being laughed at. We're new. Don't judge us. No, so, I know. I'm but this, probably... is, this, is, this is between the Avengers Disassembled and the new Avengers storylines. So. I, it's yeah. like you're speaking Latin to me. I, I know you're saying words, but I'm just like, <laughs> what does that mean? I know. I'm really kind of excited because me and Zach got Marvel Unlimited. So now I have access to more of these things. Oh, cool. And, of course, I told my comics guy that I got Marvel Unlimited, and he was really rude about it. He was like, it's your fault that we're going to go out of business. I'm like, what? As I spend, you know, money in his store every week to buying comics, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the one making him go out of business. Okay, comic dude. Yeah. I guess apparently that, I guess apparently that Marvel Unlimited is making it harder for comic shops because a lot of people are switching to digital. The reason I want Marvel Unlimited, right, is to go back because it's so hard to buy stuff new. You can buy it new digitally because it's in trades, but like sometimes it's really hard to track that stuff down. So, I mean, that's why I wanted Marvel Unlimited so I could go back more easily without having to track down hard copies because hard copies are hard. It feels like trades weren't as big of a thing as they are now back in the, back before. When things and, were being published in a single issue, and yeah. the trades weren't a, as big of a deal. But now, since comics are becoming more mainstream, thanks to the thanks to the MCU, the trades are becoming like a standard thing. Because a lot of the vibe I get from comics is that if you're not buying single issue, you're not like properly supporting the comic, and it could be canceled. Okay, but I, I think this is what I think this is what happens to this. It was very a very limited series, and it was just cancelled. So, I mean, that's really sad, but God, single issues are so expensive. They are. And I just, like, this is so, that's what, so Marvel Unlimited is going to be a really huge help, I think, for us to catch up. Yeah. Without having to spend eight zillion dollars <laughs> on everything. 
And you know what else I was thinking about as well is that the young Avengers because they can't the Marvel Cinematic Universe cannot go on forever with the same characters, right? No, we I mean we, no we, because we no because Chris Evans' contract runs out. So yes, and I'm very sad about it. Yeah, thanks and for and Robert Downey Robert, <laughs> Robert, oh, no. Jr. is like 70, so, right? So. <laughs> 70, oh my god, he's not like in his 50s, Anna. Oh my god. <laughs> Did you just say he was 70? <laughs> <laughs> so, he's getting old, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, yes, you're you know, not wrong, he is. So, you know, so at some point they will have to move on, so... I think it would be really cool if they moved on with the Young Avengers thing. That would be neat. I would take it. I mean, I want other stuff first. Like, I want my Black Widow movie. Now. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Oh, oh, wait. So, like, not technically related, but sort of related. You found an article that says there was a Black Widow novel coming out. Yes, I know. By the same writer who writes that series of um, uh, YA Gothic, Margaret Show, I think is her name. I did not like her first book but apparently she got better afterwards <laughs> she got better she improved uh, maybe yeah maybe we'll like this book i'm actually really excited about it i am too as well she wrote really interesting thing about girls so yeah beautiful creatures is the name of her novel yeah and in the little release that mary sue posted about they talked about how they were it's going to be natasha but with two younger girls which yes really, exactly which yeah. really excites me Yes. That makes me excited. More girls in Marvel. Go, go guys. We can do it. Uh, On free comic book day, do you guys have that there? We do, yes. So I picked up a, 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 the all new, all different Avengers comic that has Miss Marvel as part of the team. Okay. And I read that and I really want to read that comic too. Okay. I truly. Oh, I know. I know. I know which which one. Is the one with the Hulk or the French, right? The, the She-Hulk. No, I think that's A-Force. Oh, yes, it is. Which I also got, but I haven't read yet. Yeah, okay. So basically, we're just going to, let's just follow all the team, all the team fix. Yes. <laughs> good. I'm okay with that. Let's. I'm so, get, so, I'm getting to comics so much. So basically, I'm now, I'm, I'm reading with Comicsology because it's really easy for me. I'm loving that because it's so easy to find. It was so hard to find the paperback for these sidekicks. And I went to Comicsology, comic. It's so hard to say that word, fucking word. Can't you come up with a better name, people? Anyway, <laughs> sidetrack. Yeah, and it, it, they are all there. Which makes me so... doubly annoyed at my comics guy for, like, shaming me over Marvel Unlimited. Wait, yeah. Like, dude, do you know how hard it is to find hard copy? Do you know how hard it is? It is so it's hard. hard. It's so hard. So the, they didn't have that on Amazon. I don't have that so... kind of time. I got to read some books. I have, like, six books to read in the next, like, two weeks. <laughs> I don't have time to be, like, researching comics and trades just because i yeah. want to read something okay sorry i got a little carried away again <laughs> so we're gonna so, yeah. move on and read the next right we're definitely gonna read the next one yes oh absolutely sweet and i am really excited to like read comics about like women characters i really liked jessica in this yes and i don't know much about her character but i'm really excited now about her show the show the aka jessica jones show that's coming out from netflix yeah Yep. So I'm really excited for that, too. Yeah. Hers is the next one, right? Or is it Nick Cage next? I'm pretty sure hers is the next one, because I've I been seeing so. a lot of... I've seen a lot of, like, press pictures of okay. her laying in the trash. So apparently all the, all the New York superheroes just lay around in the trash. They get found in dumpsters, found in piles of garbage. And then... Yeah, and probably Claire will find her then. <laughs> Let's hope. That'd be cool. Yeah. 
So there's gonna be a line. So am I gonna keep finding you guys in trash? Yeah, <laughs> I'm calling it right now. <laughs> Young Avengers Volume One Sidekicks is available all around digitally. Good luck finding it in hard copy. If you've read this volume, what did you think? How much did you love Kate? Do you have any other Steve Tony Rex where they hug and fly? Please tweet me immediately. If you haven't read Young Avengers yet, you should. We'll link to Memories Rec post in the show notes so you can pick a place to get started. And now it's Rec time. Anna, what did you love recently? Uh, so we talked about Joan of Arc briefly in our Bill and Ted segment. We talked about religion briefly in our... No, same segment, actually. And Awkwardly. About Awkwardly talked Awkwardly, about it. Yeah. And, uh, and about history. And last night, I was actually watching a BBC documentary about Joan of Arc. And it was a really interesting documentary because it was focused on the religious aspect of her quest and of her visions and what kind of person she would have been within the context of that time at that point where people literally believed that God and devils were, you know, guiding your nation or not. So it was, uh, I'm not sure that I agree 100% with the conclusions that the presenter, I think she's a historian, you know, presented, but it was a very interesting uh, documentary from that perspective. And it was the more interesting because it, she read from Joan of Arc's trial. It survived her own words, presumably her own words, because obviously she was not writing them. People that were recording her words were actually against her. But um, it was really interesting, really good. So it's Joan of Arc on BBC. I don't know how you Americans will be able to watch it, but it's on the BBC iPlayer for UKers. Uh, and if you have one of those um, HOLA things where you can disguise your IP, it's legal. It's legal. It's not illegal. It's illegal. It's a, it's a Google Google Chrome extension that you can download and you can just say that you are in America or you are in the UK and you can watch things. It's it's That's my second recommendation, actually. It's... Hola extension for Google Chrome. Isn't that can, doing, isn't that going through some tough times right now because they've oh, made themselves they've made themselves like open to having your connection like hijacked or something? Really? No, I don't know. It hasn't happened to me. I've Guys, be careful so. when you use technology because it's dangerous. Also, are okay. you telling me that Genevarg isn't into jazzercise? I'm confused. Is that what? Sorry, she's not into jazzercise because Bill and Ted made me think that she was into <laughs> jazzercise. No. <laughs> They didn't no. have that back then. No, no, okay. they probably they probably didn't have aerobics back then. No. Oh well, they had. Yes. You know they were yeah. worried about other stuff. But it was a really really interesting documentary. I really liked it. Now, what about you? What do you have to recommend for us today? A Force came out, and it's the new like all women Avengers team that's going on with the Secret Wars thing. If you understand Secret Wars, good. If you don't understand Secret Wars, I'm sorry, I can't explain it to you. Please find an adult who knows more about Marvel decisions than I do. But Jill Lepore who, she wrote a book about Wonder Woman. Um, Anna actually uh, read and reviewed it for Lady Business. I'll include a link to that. It was an okay book, I guess. Just not kind of what we thought it was going to be about. But then she wrote this little op-ed in The New Yorker about the cover of A-Force. You should read it. It's complicated. So 
my actual rec is not for her article, but the response that G. Willow Wilson wrote called Dr. Lepore's Lament. If you want to see G. Willow Wilson lay down on somebody, it's really good. It's, it's great. It's pretty great. It's pretty have great. Have you read it? Yep. Because I have. the whole, it's a, it's, you know, it's, when you're inside a community and you're fighting for some some sort of representation, something like A Force happens, and somebody from outside the community goes, "That's not good enough." You know what? You're not in, you're not in our community. You don't know where we've come. Like you obviously don't know where we come from. You're not paying attention. A Force is like super super great for representation, and the cover, just the cover art, is amazing. You don't see women pose like that. I mean, no. think of what think of Young Avengers. We just read Young Avengers, right? Think of, like, the first issue where they showed a picture of Jessica Jones as Jewel, I guess, and how she was posed in the in, in the issue that we saw, where she's straight over the camera, somebody's taking a picture of her from below, so her boobs are doing, like, the like the anti-gravity move. I don't even know how boobs, <laughs> how boobs work. But you we, know what we, I mean? Like, maybe we should ask them. Maybe. So, <laughs> I can't explain it. I just think you should go read it. I'll link to both Jill Lepore's article and G. Will Wilson's response in the show notes. It's a really great response, and I highly recommend it. So that's it for us this week, I think. I think we've lamented and <laughs> cried and laughed. Laughed. Yes. Go ahead, with tears. Oh, awesome. God. Oh, I'm so, oh, this shit show. That <laughs> just happened. Uh, Anna, thank you for going on this most bodacious pop cultural education journey with me this week. Patreon, dude. Patreon. You'll find links to some of the things we discussed today in our show notes at fangirlhappyhour.com. You can email us at fangirlhappyhour at gmail.com. Find us at fangirlhappyhour on both Tumblr and Facebook. And chat with us on Twitter at fangirlpodcast. For both myself and Anna, thanks for listening. And remember, be excellent to each other. See you next episode.